Welcome to another episode of the Ole Speaks Podcast on the Fans First Sports Network. I'm your host, Danny, coming to you for episode 207. If you want to listen to this episode, as well as all future episodes, feel free to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform, whether it is Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. If you listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, feel free to give us a nice five-star rating and review. We're here to talk the January transfer window, and because Juventus's schedule is a little wonky next week, and we're not exactly sure when our next post-game reaction pod will be, we'll talk some transfers. So let me bring in here Chucks. Hello, Chucks. Good evening, everyone. Uh, yeah, let's talk about the uh, cold, cold January that was, but um, kind of an eventful end. So let's, right. uh, let's check it out. Uh, Sergio Romero. Hello, Sergio. Hey, Phyllis, happy to be here as, as always to discuss uh, a few interesting things that, that Juventus, I, I think, got, got right uh, with the transfer window. Yes, so obviously Juventus, not much in terms of arrivals or departures, if unless you want to look at the uh, the next-gen squad for some movement, but we are sticking with the, the big squad here. And obviously Juventus, two arrivals, one that we had been expecting for a few weeks that took forever to finally happen, and then one completely out of the blue. So obviously we've talked before about Tiago Jalo. So we'll start with Carlos Alcaraz. So first guys, if you want to get any tennis jokes out of the way, <laughs> do it now or forever hold your jokes. <laughs> well, funny enough, I did uh, just recently watch uh, some episodes from that Netflix documentary yes. breaking breakpoint, or I think breakpoint. Um, so not breaking yeah. bad. <laughs> no, 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 very different. Very, very different. <laughs> um, but yes, Alcaraz was, uh, in there, the correct Alcaraz, I don't know, his alter ego. Well, yes. So there you go. Uh, no, I have no interesting jokes to make about that. <laughs> so uh, I'll leave that to Sergio. Yeah, no, I, I got nothing. I think those, those jokes got old uh, fairly fairly quickly on, on Twitter, X, whatever we're calling it. And, you know, once the actual Juve official account is tweeting it, now now you know it's done. Like once, the, <laughs> once they are already in the joke, it's over. The best joke I saw... It had a close second, and somebody at once Carlos Alcaraz showed up to J Medical. Somebody outside had him sign a tennis ball. <laughs> Carlos Alcaraz, the tennis player, commented oh. on Juventus's Instagram post announcing the signing, saying, "Hey guys, I'll try and do my best." Something like that. So that was that was pretty good. That was good. Kudos to him. Maybe we got some followers. From that. That's right. That's Hopefully, right. <laughs> that's right. Well, obviously, Carlos Alcaraz has been playing the first half of this season in the English second division. And that's because uh, Southampton, where he signed last January, or I guess technically two Januarys ago, since we're now in February, got relegated after last last season. So, you know, he very much is a player that uh, I, I feel safe in saying, and this has essentially been confirmed by previous interviews uh, with Alcaraz's agent, that he has been a long admired player of Cristiano Juntili. So this kind of feels like the first real Juntili kind of signing where it's like, this is a player that he's been scouting for well over a year has been following not only in his final months at Napoli, but now his first few months at Juventus and Sergio, your thoughts on Carlos Alcaraz. Obviously I have a feeling you're not somebody grinding tape of uh, Southampton games in the second division. So uh, what, what do you know about Carlos Alcaraz and are you just kind of excited a little bit by the unknown? Like I am. 
Yeah, hundred percent. I think I think you know. I, I also don't watch much of Southampton. <laughs> it's not a team I follow. Uh, definitely don't follow the championship. Uh, so I, I don't know a lot about him, you know, just other than, you know, what, what I've read on Twitter or whatever. And it, he seems like an interesting profile, interesting player. Uh, but the thing that I like the most about this signing, you know, even more than the player itself almost, is the the deal that was made. And, and you know, the fact that they brought him in on, on a six-month loan uh, on the business end of the season, you know, the, the six months uh, to, to finish out the season in, you know, at least until the, the inter defeat was very much a Scudetto race, uh, <laughs> I think is just, just great. I think is, you know, it's the type of things that we just hadn't seen before in a while, you know, just a, a very low risk move, similar, to, similar to, to the Jalo signing in which if it works, it's like, you know, you don't really mind paying that transfer fee, which I think is, is a little high. Uh, but if it works, if he ends up being this great player, he's probably worth that. So you pay it gladly. And if he doesn't, he just goes back to Southampton when, when the season's over and, you know, no harm, no foul. You know, you didn't really risk a whole lot in, in bringing a guy like him in. So to me, I think it's, it's, it's just a great move in the sense that there's very, very little risk involved. And you get to see if this kid is, is the real deal. You know, obviously, like like Danny said, it seems, it seems like Juntil, he had already had him like in his sights a while back. Uh, so obviously he thinks highly of the kid. So it's awesome that he could get him in this kind of like six month trial period. Let's see if it works. And if it doesn't, you know, he, he can easily go back to, to, to Southampton. And I think, you know, part of why that transfer fee or that reported transfer fee is so high, if they decide to to use their option to buy him, is that, you know, obviously Southampton is in, is in a, you know, battle for promotion and probably didn't want to, weren't necessarily looking to to give away the kid so they probably had to negotiate a pretty pretty high transfer fee for them to to agree to it but but it, it was just a smart signing it's a smart way of building a football team you know and, and i think we hadn't seen that in 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 a while i think you know we had seen a lot of like the aaron ramsey signings and things that you know just very high risk very little or low reward or low ceiling this is to me the opposite, you know, very, very low risk and an extremely high ceiling on a kid that, you know, looks talented, just got, I think he's first Argentina, you know, senior team cap, not that long ago. So, you know, I, I think it's, it's exactly the profile that they're looking for getting younger. And, and it's, it's, I think it's a pretty, pretty smart signing overall, despite not being super familiar with the player. I really like the signing just because of the terms it was made in. Yeah, Chuck's. I I guess th- the big thing for me, besides the fact that you know it's it's what a forty nine and a half million euro option to buy, and who knows that could easily be negotiated down if Juventus want to keep him around yet, you know, still don't want to pay that money because you know if if Southampton in a in a race for promotion is willing to part with a talented player, then they're obviously they'll be happy to sell him at a certain price, but. The the thing that I've noticed more and more from listening to some English pods about the transfer market being slow over there is that a lot of besides the the financial restrictions that they've gotten in place in, in the Premier League is that the the championship is becoming more and more of kind of a ground for teams not not only the lower level you know lower table teams but mid table kind of squads to go shopping in so. Like I said, you know, Juventus has have and especially Juntili have been scouting this guy for a while. And I feel like this is kind of just Cristiano Juntili going, okay, this is this is an opportunity I can't miss again because by all accounts, it seemed like the only thing that prevented him 
or Alcaraz, I should say, from going to Napoli is that Southampton just offered him, offered uh, Rossing Club more money. And <laughs> that's what prevented Juntley from getting his guy. Yeah, I mean, there's, it's the, the buyout clause or the buyout amounts. That's really the talk of this transfer. Um, I don't think anybody really minds a loan deal for a young player of 21 years old, I guess he is. Considering who else Juventus were linked to in the couple of days yeah. before they moved for Alcaraz, at least this has some upside because I don't know, you know, no offense to them, but I don't know how much Jack Bonaventura or Roberto Pereira, the beloved Roberto Pereira, will uh, will have made Juventus a ex or not exponentially, but a a noticeably better team in midfield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think, like I said, anybody really minds the loan deal for a young twenty-one-year-old player of was a five million dollar or five four or five million euro. Uh, loan deal. I don't think anybody really has any complaints about that. I mean, myself included. Obviously, it's just that buyout clause or that buyout amount that, you know, that's obviously got people talking. I think it's a shame that it's, you know, given the the, the amount, just the 50 million or 49 million euro option to buy, it's really a shame that given how high that is, that they didn't make it a one-year loan deal. Because I feel like, you know, just putting in a six-month loan deal, you're basically forcing the team or forcing the player to basically prove himself to be that good in six months. I mean, I think it's a really unfair. Frankly, I feel bad for the player. I feel bad for Alcaz because it's a really unfair deal for him because he'll have all this pressure now to, you know, have what, three and a half months, basically, yeah, roughly three and a half, four months to, to play like a world beater, basically, right away. When he's coming from, you know, a different country, um, very different league. And granted, I mean, a similar culture to what he's used to. I mean, he's Argentine, so, you know, Italy, Argentine, you know, just the language-wise cultural barriers, definitely a lot lower. But, I mean, I think it just uh, it's it just reminds me of when players, uh, very promising players, especially those bloody English players, <laughs> get, get uh, bought for, you know, some absolutely absurd amount of money you know like jack relish when he was when city bought him for like a hundred million or something from aston villa so you know completely asinine amount of money um and then it's like okay you better prove yourself to be a hundred million or a hundred million pound that player i guess or whatever it was euros or pounds it's hard now that they're out of the out of the eu not that they had the euro ever but anyway bad brexit joke there (laughs) went right over my head bud (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I tried to squeeze the Brexit jokes in there, but it was pretty, pretty bad. Just as bad as Brexit was. Ah, well, there it is. There not it is. that one. <laughs> when you least expected it. <laughs> but how, whatever amount that the transfer fee was, it, it basically immediately put that pressure on Grealish to be like the 100 million euro player right away. And, you know, it took him some time to settle in. And I mean, I don't follow City that closely, but kind of vaguely, you know, reading some articles about them. And you have like, what, six months where you kind of have to get used to things. And then the media is completely, you know, on your back right away. And in this case, well, Alcaraz quite literally does not have six months. He has, you know, roughly four. So I'm just a little uh, disappointed in the terms of the deal and the duration more than really the amount. I think if he had a full season and then you said, okay, at the end of the season, um, or yeah, at the end of the season, then okay, there's a 49 million euro clause. 
then I think yeah, fair enough. I mean, then you've given him full season. And plus, in this case, you would have given him a preseason, given that, you know, he would have had from now till summer and then a preseason, which is incredibly important for players. And then, you know, the first half of next season, I think that would have been a far fairer deal for the player for Alcaraz. But yeah, I I don't know. I think I don't imagine that we're going to activate that clause just given these conditions, um, unless he just happens to be an absolute world star right away. Yeah, that um, that, which, uh, yeah. that that was one of the first thoughts I had about this deal too. Was that they have four months or so, and as we've said, you know, a lot of this season is not necessarily Max Allegri having to rotate the squad a whole lot. Like you look at. You look at some of uh, the moves that he's had to make in terms of the starting lineup, and they're mostly because of injury or yellow card and not wanting to have a have a player be suspended for a big game that next weekend. So I don't know, Chucks. It, it's it it's one. It's hard on the player too, but it's also in a, in a way it's hard on Juventus. I mean, obviously we're just evaluating him once a week essentially because we're just watching him in games rather than training and potentially in games, depending on what his playing time is like. But I don't know. I feel like, you know, a new player adapting to a new country, a new league, trying to decide on that heavy of investment is uh, not exactly kind of the sample size. Other players who have been on this kind of situation, you know, alone with option to buy, especially alone with an expensive option to buy have been on. So, I don't know. It's it's an interesting one because, like you, I'm like, wow, that this short term half season kind of loan is an interesting situation all around. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and uh, and like I said, it's just a shame because he seems like he's could be a really good player, and then Juntali followed him, and you know, had I mean, clearly no, has done his homework on him, so that's good. It's just the terms. Yeah, it's just the real shame about those. Uh, about those terms, but you know, and, and just speaking specifically about his role in the team, I mean, I imagine him being, and and you know, this is ironically, this is what he did in his first appearance uh, for the club, just against Inter, uh, you know, against Inter on Sunday, uh, is to be a backup to McKenny, and you know, indeed, he came on for McKenny in the what was it, eighty ninth, ninety second, whatever minute, yeah, was. around stoppage time, basically. Yeah, yeah, indeed. So, you know, I imagine him being the backup to uh, McKenny, which is good because he probably needs, you know, some rest. He's, I swear he's been like halfway injured in the last like two games or so where he's just shrugged it off and kept playing, uh, kept playing excellently, mind you. So I think, I think we need an Alcaraz. I think, you know, we need someone like him. I mean, of course, Fajoli will be back. You know, even let's not forget that he will, will be back in about three months or so. But I mean, we still we've talked about it being probably a man or two down or man or two thin in midfield. So, you know, Alcaraz fills that space. And then, you know, obviously we don't know what uh, Adrian Rabio is going to do this summer yeah. if he leaves. You know, that that's that's another thing. But I mean, the bar is set pretty high for Alcaraz to justify that forty nine and a half million euro transfer fee, which, you know, again, it's. I mean, normal players might take him a season or so to do that. Right. And he has uh, about four months. So good luck. Right. And just looking at it, I know we've we've kind of talked about it as a group off pod where it's really kind of like us throwing around. Is this a 
potential replacement for Adrian Rabio, where you look at it, and I feel pretty safe in saying that Adrian Rabio, if he were to stay at Juventus, is not going to be signing another one-year contract. So yeah. is this the kind of money where instead of paying Adrian Rabio a big contract because that's what Veronique Rabio is going to want, or do you put it towards a transfer fee, whether it's negotiated down a little bit or stays at, you know, the 49 and a half million that we've already mentioned a couple of times, you know, kind of, are you allocating one or the other, or is this something where, you know, we had a chance to bring in a player that obviously the guy who's now in, in charge of the whole sporting area has been following for a while. Uh, and it's essentially, you know, kind of like a prove it deal where it's like, you know, like we we're just saying, you know, it's, it's, Four or five months where Alcaraz can either play himself into the permanent deal, or if Max Allegri or whoever is giving big input to Cristiano Juntili says, you know, let's let's not spend that money. We'll be better off spending it elsewhere. You know, and and he goes back to back to England, whether he's in the Premier League next season or the Championship. So, yeah, I don't know. It, it's it's interesting from a lot of different reasons because not only is he seems like a, a player whose skill set that Juventus needed a midfielder. But again, if he's not starting, how many opportunities is he going to get to outside of maybe, you know, 20, 30 minute appearances off the bench to really outside of training show that he's worth this massive, nearly 50 million euro investment. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. That's, that's the question. I I mean, I, Again, I would have preferred either a year-long loan or maybe an option to extend the loan by another six months who a year. Kn- who knows that? Knowing that it could, maybe they could kick this can down the road because obviously teams these days are looking for any financial advantage they can get. Whether you know, and and who knows? Southampton is obviously willing to part with him at a price. You know, they are a club that has bounced between the Premier League and the Championship a few times, you know, the last decade or two. So 50 million euros can go a long way for them, both in terms of upgrading their squad and simply just their balance books. So, yeah, I don't know. It's it, maybe it's something that they, they just say, okay, we'll keep them on loan for another year, but we keep the same price. I don't know, but yeah, I, I would, I yeah. would obviously feel a lot better if I'm in Cristiano Juntili's shoes, probably very expensive shoes. <laughs> evaluating him on eight an 18 month period rather than, okay, here's, here's four or five months when you've played, I don't know what Juventus has. We just finished match day 23. So 15 games left and potentially three more in the Coppa Italia. So at most 18 games, 18, 19 games, if you include the the inter appearance or the, his his debut against inter, which was a couple of minutes. So yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think that that dynamic about Adabio, you know, as the as the clash once sang, uh, will he stay or will he go? <laughs> you know, that dynamic is uh, it's it, that's a big story here. I think that's a very crucial variable in this entire equation. It, it has to be, right? It has yeah. to be. And yeah, I mean, that is the question. I mean, if he extends his contract, how long would it be? I mean, I don't know, because he just obviously just did a one year one. So, I mean, we'll be an. I mean, you said, you know, it's unlikely to be another one year one. Yeah. What would it be then? Instead, would it be a three year one? Then it'll probably be a pay bump. So it would probably be, I mean, let's say, I mean, seven million euros now. What, nine, probably. 
expect it to be nine. So then nine times three, that's 27. So 27 million euros. I mean, yeah, that's rough. I mean, I'm a little more than half. And that, of what, and, that and that's know. just net, right? Talking just right, CG right. Yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah, that's net. Yeah. Yeah. So as it stands now, the, the Alcas deal is pretty low risk. It's a six month loan or four, four months loan or, you know, four or five million euros. And then with an option, just an option to buy at a very high price. But it becomes very high risk once I think it, once you actually activate that clause, then I think it becomes a very high risk transfer because it's it's an unproven player. I mean, it's a, yeah. it's a it's a player who played for he, Southampton. He's, he's played a half a season in the Premier League, right? Right. And, that, the, and at least at the top level, that's really all he's played. Yeah, yeah. Or that is. I shouldn't say really. That's all he's played is a half a season in the Premier League against the mighty Coventry City and Leicester <laughs> City. Well, I shouldn't say I shouldn't talk bad about Leicester, but he's playing um, about Le- yeah. he's playing against Leicester this season too. Oh yeah, well there you go, there you go. Um, so you know it becomes a very high risk deal then because yeah, again, an unproven player, barely played in the Serie A, you know, barely played in Italy, barely played top flight football period. So then it goes from a very low risk to a very high risk deal, and then you know, then I become a little more uncomfortable about the whole thing. Again, it's like in principle, I'm I'm not necessarily hundred percent against activating the clause, but I think. It has to be after we've considered other more, uh, well, less risky deals. So, for instance, there's the whole, you know, talk about Lazar Samarsic, I guess uh, that's how you say his name, uh, from Udinese. There's been a bit of talk about, okay, is he going to go to Napoli after all or, you know, Inter? But, I mean, he seems like the more, just a lower risk deal. No, You know, he knows the league. He's been, been in Italy for a while. Relatively proven in the sense that, we, I mean, we know, you know, we know who he is. And I mean, probably would cost less than fifty million. I mean, I imagine. Yeah, I'm still also young as well, so I would want to consider kind of lower risk deals like that first before saying, "Okay, we're gonna you know roll the dice on Carlos Alcaraz." So that's yeah, that's that's really the main thing for me. But I mean, I you know I trust Junzeli's judgment, but I just yeah. I mean, we quite literally cannot afford a risk that high, I think. Yeah. I guess I'll bring it into the equation now since we're on the topic. Uh, Twitter question here from at Jens underscore Vandeveld. I hope I said that right. Here's a question for the podcast. Now that Juve have signed Carlos Alcaraz on loan, do you really think there's a chance Juve will trigger the buy option if you consider we can maybe get Tium Coop Miners for the same price. Chuck's his beloved uh, fellow Dutchman, I believe. Thanks in advance. And Forza Juve from Belgium. Right, yeah. Coop Miners, yeah. Then Coop Miners, he seems like a far... That, that's another deal that's like... That seems less risky to me. They could probably spend probably around the same amount of money. Yeah. If a little less. It's, you know. It seems like, at least from the rumors that we heard the last few weeks of the January transfer window, that'll kind of land in that 40 million ish range give or take of probably take a few million up and up into the you know the close to the mid 40s so and then who knows he's been he's also been linked to premier league clubs before and we all know how bidding gets when a premier league club is <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly yeah yeah i mean gold miners he's and he's let me see turning 26 in a few weeks so you know also pretty young i mean really approaching his prime yeah, that's and those are yeah, those are you know, Colt Manners and um, Samarchich. Those are like 
those are the types of players I'd say, okay, let's first try and if we're going to spend that type of money, first try to get those two. And then, I mean, really, really, if we if we just can't get anyone, I mean, okay, maybe then go for Alcaraz for or activate that option. But yeah, I wouldn't spending that money on Alcaraz wouldn't be my first option. It's funny because a week ago, obviously, Carlos Alcaraz, the soccer player, wasn't in our line of thinking at all mm-hmm. in terms of Juventus. I mean, it was basically a week from this podcast episode coming out that all of a sudden the rumors popped up and. It went from Juve are interested in him to Juve and Southampton had agreed to a fee within what twenty four hours I want to say. Uh, yeah, yeah. So and before that, it was those two midfielders that we were just talking about. You know, some Argies and Kupminer. So you know, it's uh, it, it's really it seems like some would probably cost the least out of those three. But just the fact that Alcaraz is now a Juventus player. It it just seems like it's thrown everything in terms of potential midfield spending for a loop, at least from us. Who knows? Maybe this is all part <laughs> part of the plan and Juntali just finally got a got a chance to get Alcaraz. I don't know. But yeah, it's it's suddenly it's suddenly added just kind of another layer to Juventus trying to address the the much maligned midfield this summer because now all of a sudden you've got a massive option to buy suddenly on the table. Yeah, yeah, and and I hope we just don't feel obligated you know to to activate that i mean again it's an option we don't have to feel bullied into you know into activating into activating that um yeah that clause and and remember i i'm i'm blanking out on how long they go and what the exact specifications are but juventus also have an agreement with uefa when it comes to their financials that they have to adhere to so uh just because there are some champions league dollars probably barring barring any kind of uh late season disaster which i hope doesn't happen both for the sake of our sanity and the sanity of this podcast (laughs) that the champions league money at least for the group stage will be there but as we know juventus have not had post-covid not have very good financial uh reports so who knows how much money is going towards transfers and how much money is really just kind of like okay we need to not exactly be as flashy with our spending as we once were. Yeah, yeah, and I heard we, or I think I'd read somewhere we missed out on close to 100 million euros um, due to our absence from the Champions League. Yeah, um, which it's, it's a big number. Yeah, yeah. So again, it's like we can't be. Yeah, we can't force a risky 45, 50 million euro clauses on the potential. Right. And I mean, he could very well be, you know, an excellent player. I mean, it seems like he's on the upward trajectory, you know, again, just got his uh, senior cap with the uh, national team. Right. And yeah, he seems to be you know, doing the right things. But yeah, let's see. Yeah. And obviously, we've talked a whole about a lot about Carlos Alcaraz in this episode. And for obvious reasons, he is very much the tr- most recent transfer and the one that came out of the blue. But I guess Max Allegri has talked about Tiago Jallo a little bit in his last couple of press conferences now that he's officially a Juventus player. And I guess I'll just kind of pose this question to you, Chucks. It's no surprise that Max Allegri is taking it slow with a player who's coming off a serious injury, right? Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I mean, I, I'll be fine with him not really even playing this season at all. I mean, I don't, I don't think that's, that's what, I mean, I think given the condition he's in and just being a new player, 
I would expect him to see I would expect to see him heavily involved in preseason. Right. Yeah, or maybe like the last three games of the season or something like that. But I think given that we're still very much fighting for, you know, top four, I would I don't think it's really necessary to throw him into the throw him into action just so quickly, especially when also right. we have, you know, so far we've had very few injuries in defense. And Lugani has been, you know, actually very capable backup. Well, Alexandro, okay, but you know, I don't think it's really necessary to really worry too much about Tiago Jallo until, I mean, like I said, very end of the season slash beginning of next season. Yeah, and I I think we said something along the same lines when he was first signed was that, or when he essentially what the deal was agreed to, uh, considering it took a it took a little while for it to finally get official official status but knowing that this is this felt like more of a opportunity to strike quickly and also take a player away from inter which is always fun (laughs) this really is kind of like okay he can he can have six months to get his feet wet and to rehab the way kind of get those final steps of rehab done and work work to match fitness and maybe come springtime he can start a few games but this really felt like more of a we have an opportunity this season to fill a hole on next season's roster. Because as we've talked about, Alexandro, we don't know if there's anything left in that tank. So if you can bring in in a cheap option now, get him accustomed to the club, and essentially, you know, bid farewell to Alexandro and let his contract expire in the summer and have his replacement already very much familiar and comfortable at the club there you go so yeah uh, i think that that for me that's the biggest thing it's as much as we're talking about kind of the immediate evaluation of carlos alcaraz tiago jalo is more of a at least from my point of view whatever we can get this season great but next season that's kind of when we're going to be looking for more from you and more kind of his role will be more defined i guess you could say right right yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And like you said, I mean, Sandra will unlikely still be at the club and even Lugani, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if he'll still be at the club either. So I, I, I mean, I imagine he will, but you know, he didn't, possibly not. I think Daniele Rugani, how he's handled playing time and, and all that and how, how well he's played coming in as a, you know, kind of the, the guy who fills in for the injured guy uh, in defense. I think he's, he's built up kind of, you know, some of the, some, some goodwill you could say as compared to kind of when he was the butt of our jokes a few years ago, when this podcast was, was much younger. So yeah, I, I know it, it, it definitely is. Uh, I feel like having another versatile defender in the Danilo mold is going to be not only helpful, but hopefully provide for a little more tactical flexibility. So it's not so much three, five, two or bust. Yes, yes. Yeah, exactly. So, Chucks, anything else you want to say about Juventus's very uh, impressive, very uh, lauded, and uh, probably, if you were to power rank transfer windows, uh, best, in, best in the world kind of, kind of transfer window? <laughs> uh, well, as expected, it was very uneventful. Um, I think Juve in general has been a club that just doesn't really do much in January, barring the Vlaovic uh, transfer a few years ago. I think that's finally. I've always found the January transfer window a bit, I don't know, distorting. I think it kind of distorts, you know, just the season. 
because it's like, I mean, again, are you going to get a brand new, like really risky player from, you know, I don't know, a different country or a different continent for a big price tag and expecting to immediately play well for for last four or five months of the season? Um, no, I think January anyway is just a time to do little tweaks and do little little low profile moves for the future. So, um, yeah, it's expected not much uh, happened. And I'm disappointed for Moise Keen or his deal that collapsed yeah. just for, you know, for his sake, because I don't think there's really much future for him at the club, given really Yudis' explosion. That means, you know, Yudis and Kies are basically locked for a spot. And obviously Vladovic, and then, yeah, he's fighting with Milik. Milik has shown himself to be a very capable backup, and he just scores more goals than Keen has. So, yeah. Yeah, it's looking pretty unfortunate for him. It's fu- funny how that works. Moise Keane hasn't played in a game for almost two months now, and I, I just unfortunately completely forgot about him. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no. I, that's yeah. Again, his his career is just kind of stagnated again. And yeah, I mean, it, it's very unfortunate because again, he's also he's turning twenty four in just a few months or a few weeks rather. So you know, he's still technically on the upward. He's not peaked yet in his career. So. Yeah, he's just stagnated. At least in theory. Yeah, yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. I think his next move really has to be one that kind of restarts his career. So, I mean, I wish him well. Wish him That's well. kind of what, what we thought the Atletico Madrid, even though he was going to be fighting for playing time there as well, but heading heading to Madrid really was hopefully kind of the spark he needed. Just because, I mean, you look at kind of, he got away from that toxic situation at, at Everton. Then had a really good season with PSG, although you know, say what you want about you know the French league, but <laughs> yeah, and then and then all of a sudden it's you know he he had some good moments with Juventus when he first got back, and now it's kind of just meh. Yeah, that's hard hitting yeah. analysis that you'll <laughs> yeah, find yeah. On, go and find on any other podcast. Moist seasons, <laughs> Moist Keen's season. Meh. All right, Chucks. Anything else, or should we wrap this up? No, let's uh, let's land the plane. All right, let's land this plane. Uh, just just to let you know, if in case you're wondering where the heck Sergio went, well, Sergio had to go. So <laughs> <laughs> by his own choosing, I should say, I, we didn't force him off or anything. So uh, on that note, we appreciate the Twitter question. Uh, if you want to send us uh, Twitter questions, feel free to do so at Juventus Nation on the Twitter machine. Follow us there. Follow the Fans First Sports Network at Fans First S and the Fans First Sports for all the podcasts around the network. Follow us on your favorite podcasting platform, whether it is Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. If you do listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, we always appreciate a nice five-star rating and review. So, for Chucks, for Sergio, for Sam, and for producer Couch, this is Danny saying thank you very much for listening. And uh, we're not exactly sure when we'll talk to you next since there's a Monday game, so uh, be on the lookout for <laughs> updates on that. But uh, we'll talk to you shortly, soon. A few days. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Smooth as ice. That's right.